live from Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Play It By Year with Duff Dixon. You just heard Night By Night by Steely Dan. That album was released, Pretzel Logic, in 1974, a year which will encompass every song that I play tonight on this here show. Will the audio problems from last week be resolved this week? I can't tell you. I've only been to the future. I cannot predict it. But however, we are going to be having fun tonight. Uh, If it's your first time joining us, just to quickly recap, I, of course, am Duff Dixon. I am a former CIA time traveler who worked for the CIA for about five years until I entered into the Archangel Project, at which point I spent... 10 billion years floating freely throughout uh, the fabric of space-time, traveling throughout history, trying to stop the end of the world from happening. I failed. Uh, Now I'm retired. Uh, I started a radio show in which I pick, I select a different year each week to play music from. Uh, You are listening to that radio show, Play It By Year. And what do we got this week? I mean, I lo- I wish I could talk football with y'all, but uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of 5A Division II high school football in the state of Texas. However, hurricane season, man, what are you going to do? Best laid plans, right, of, of mice and men? Is that how they say it? Anyhow, game postponed until further notice. Hopefully we'll have some more information as the show goes on. What should we talk about instead? Well, it's 1974 night on Play It By Year, a year which I maintain is the worst year for popular music in history. Now, you might be thinking, well, I should turn off my dial then. Why would I sit here for two hours and listen to a bunch of bad music? Hold up. I see where you're coming from. Don't worry. I'm going to be playing good music all night from this year, and then right Towards the end, I'll make my case for why I believe 1974 is the worst year for popular music. But it's going to be jams up until then. We're going to have a lot of fun. Going to tell some stories. Let's start off with a story. 1974 night. I spent a little time in 1974, uh, you know, in my previous career. And I've seen a few things. I thought I'd tell you a story in a segment that I'd like to call, what should we call it? Maybe like Lost Chapters from History. All right. Uh, The date is August 7th, 1974, about 15 minutes to midnight. President Nixon, Richard Nixon, is in the Lincoln bedroom. He is crying. His wife, Pat, is with him, attempting to console him. In a little under 12 hours, he will address the nation and, and resign from the presidency in shame. And Pat says something to him that she's been saying for the last four or five years. She said, Dick, I really feel that you'd have a lot of relief if you tried DMT with me. At this time, Pat was a bit of a, what you call a psychonaut. She was into sort of experimenting with high-grade, high-intensity psychedelics. And uh, and so, ultimately, uh, Richard decided to snort DMT with Pat that night, and he went into sort of a hypnagogic state, and, and he, he encountered a, a race of beings, of elf-like beings from another dimension who said to him, Richard, welcome home. We have a message for you. They said, Richard, you are a paranoid man, and it is your paranoia that has landed you into this moment of pain in your life. But we have 
information that can help you. They said, the cause of your paranoia, Richard, is because you have a very special mind. You have a mind that is like a receiver that can pick up on messages from beings from other dimensions. And when you feel that paranoia rising in your body, when you feel afraid that the hippies and the Democrats and the Jews and the queers are trying to harm you, that's your brain trying to make sense of the fact that you are surrounded by aliens. And those aliens love you. They do not want to harm you. So when you feel that fear in your heart, you take a deep breath and you realize that everybody in the room with me is on my team. It was a transformative moment for Nixon. He never did find peace, but he fought for it, at least from that moment forward. And this concludes the first edition of Lost Chapters from History. We're going to play some music, because that's what we do on this show, right? I want to play good music from 1974, and here's how we're going to start. We're going to start with some country western. Hold on. Before you, before you, don't hit the button, don't hit mute, don't hit the little X. Hold on. Good music. You might have some, in your heart, you might have some sort of bias against the people of the American South. Maybe for good reason. Maybe, maybe those people represent something in your head that you find objectionable about the national character. But let me tell you, country music is a music not unlike hip-hop, made by people who are exposed to the bottom rung of this society, to, to the hardship who are crushed under the wheel, and the ones who decide to take that experience and feed it into art are the true warriors of this culture, and they do so with, with access to experience that you cannot find in the other forms. That's why there's so much death and life and, and hardship and sorrow and, and everybody's weeping. Country music is an important art form, and I also want to say, typically on this show, I do try to avoid playing you, you know, a hit single, an A-side that you have heard 20 times, 30 times, 50 times. Not because I don't love the classics, not because I don't love a good standard, but because I'm, I'm interested in the idea of turning you on to something you ain't heard before. But when you're in 1974 and you're talking about country western, you're talking about one of the finest songs ever written and recorded by human hands, human mouths, ever heard by human ears, here on 1974 Week, play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around. of auburn hair with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green Your smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain and I cannot compete with you Jolene He talks about you in his sleep and there's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name Jolene understand how you could easily take my man but you don't know what he means to me 
in But I could never love again He's the only one for me, Jolene I had to have this talk with you My happiness depends on you And whatever you decide to do, Jolene Yeah. 
bloody merry morning Baby, left me without warning sometime in the night So I'm flying down to Houston with forgetting her the nature of my flight As we taxi toward the runway with the smog and haze reminding me of how I feel Just a country boy who's learning that the pitfalls of the city are extremely real All the nightlife and the parties, temptation and deceit, the order of the day Well it's a bloody merry morning cause I'm leaving baby somewhere in L.A. Well, it's a bloody merry morning, baby Left me without warning sometime in the night So I'm flying down to Houston With forgetting her the nature of my flight Oh, it won't come down 
tempo ma più sale Quando il sole won't come down country block i'm proud of you you opened your ears you opened your hearts that was uh tamp em up solid by rock cooter before that you heard bloody mary morning by willie nelson and walking down the road by the ozark mountain daredevils and of course we started that block off with the inimitable classic jolene by dolly parton willie nelson famously smoked marijuana in the White House during the Carter administration, I believe on the balcony of the third floor after having dinner with the president. But what people don't know, what is not reported, is that he was not the first nor the last person to smoke marijuana in the White House. It's kind of a complicated history, but I'll give you one little snapshot of it. Uh, George Bush Sr., George H.W. Bush enjoyed sparking up in the Lincoln bedroom and... Uh, yeah, in the, in the pipe hall, the hall where they smoke the pipes. What's the name of that room? I can't remember. Hey, folks, this is the show where I take telephone calls, uh, and so I figured I might do that. I like, to, I like to set up like a discussion topic before we get rolling, just not necessarily as a requirement, but more like a guidepost uh, that you can use to sort of, you know, stimulate your mind and be creative and loose. So let's, let's do something that's on theme with 1974, the worst year in popular music history. What's the worst piece of art or media that you've ever made it all the way to the end of? I, this could be a magazine. This could be a, a TV show. It could be a, a song. It can be a movie. What's something that you actually finished that's the worst that's, that's our discussion topic for tonight. Let's go ahead and bring somebody on. Let's see. I do have a call ready. All right. Hi, you're on Play It By Year with Duff Dixon. Who am I speaking to? Uh, this is Sienna, Sienna Jade. 
Hi, Sienna. It's good to hear from you. How are you doing tonight? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Enjoying the show a lot so far. Great, great. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, to what do I owe the, the pleasure of this call? Do you have uh, any interest in the topic tonight, or you got something else on your mind or on your heart? Oh, well, I, when you asked the question, I just immediately had an answer immediate in my heart, and I, and I just had to give it to you, and, and it's open water. The, the movie oh, Open where the, Water. Where the, where the fella and the gal get eaten by the shark? Yeah. I remember because watching it's... I remember watching that trailer and just thinking, is that all this is? Are they just gonna float there and then get eaten? Yeah, and that's literally what happens. They just float there and then get eaten. Who's the fella <laughs> in that movie? It, it's it's one of them white feller actors who's got a face that kind of looks like smoke, like he can never remember exactly what he looks like, like an Aaron Eckhart type. Who's that guy again? Oh God, I don't even remember. They all look the same. Do you think uh, that <laughs> do you think that a plain faced white male actor would look especially delicious to a shark? Well, I don't know. They kind of look delicious to me, and not in like a sexual way, but like they remind me of like a, a skin of a roasted turkey or something. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, crackling you know, or something not any, like that. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me want to eat meat. Um, Especially so, like as they as they age, you know, as they get older and they start to get that con like twenty four seven sunburn look to them, you know. Yeah, like yeah, and the skin is the best part. So I just I imagine that's what's going through the shark's mind. Of course, they look tasty. Right, yeah. and and then so you made it all the way through. At any point during that watch, were you tempted, Sienna, to sort of get up and leave or turn it off? Oh yeah, like the entire time. So I'm I, and then yet I just didn't. I, I guess I, that's where I really lost my hope in Hollywood. Like, oh no, they really are going to do this to me. Where that is this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of want it. You want that last scene, like five years later in their living room, hanging out, where they're like, "Man, remember that time when we were almost eaten by them sharks? Boy, we sure yeah, did then, learn about then, like, a lot about life and love and togetherness and whatnot." Is there, yeah. I guess there's nothing to say, right? There's just no theme. It's just, look at these people. They gonna get eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you watching? I think there's a scene of them like film? pooping in the water or something too. It's like, I don't know. That's, that is really the whole thing. Just floating in the water. Well, and I, I wasted is... my life on that and I'm still bitter about it. I wasted two hours of my life on that. This is an important question. Did you watch that film in a, in a social environment? Were there people with you? you know, in a theater or in a living room watching with you? Yes, it was, it was, yeah, me and my mother in, in, in the living room, yeah. See, if it was just you, I feel like there's no way you'd have made it all the way through. You'd have been like, enough is enough. Well, no, you're right. This might, like, be saying a lot of things about my complicated relationship with my mother. Well, it, <sighs> we all have mothers, and they all have things about them that make us feel insane, and also things about them that we admire and love. And respect. Maybe not all of us. I think some people probably just have straight up monsters for mothers, and I don't want to speak for you if you're at home or that one of those people. I don't want to project oh, no. my uh, experience onto you. I just, uh, I guess, wow, the movie just really bugged me in more ways than I even knew. Uh, <laughs> Do you think that if you ever found yourself at sea being circled by hungry sharks, could you have taken any lessons from that film on what to do, or would you just kind of more quickly accept your fate and prepare to be eaten? Well, I, I don't think there are any lessons in the film at all. They didn't, they just floated there and yeah. So I guess, 
<laughs> if you're just lost in the middle of nowhere, I guess I'd float on my back and try to conserve energy or something. Oh, wait, no, that's even worse because then they think you sh- you're seals. Okay. Ugh. Yeah, got to gotta strike a real human pose. Like maybe you got to like disco dance or, or river <laughs> dance like while floating. Yeah. Sienna, I appreciate you calling in to the show. You were an absolute pleasure. Call back anytime. Of course, uh, when I think of, of Aaron Eckhart or whoever the hell it was in that movie sitting there waiting for a shark to bite into his jugular or, or whatnot, I think, boy, that feller there, he sure was in a funk. And so shall you be during the next block of our 1974 episode, The Funk Block, here on Play It By Year 1974. I'm going to keep talking because this song has a long on-ramp. I don't want to just leave you there with it. Let's wait till it gets funky before I stop talking. Here on Play It By Year with the Fixin' 1974. Even if you don't dig it, don't mean it's not the thing or thing to do. Could be just for you. Even if you don't feel it, right now don't mean someday it'll turn you out. Get it on, get it on, get it on, baby. What you 
Don't you think it's a crime 
1974 night and play it by year i am duff dixon welcome back hope you enjoyed yourself there so 
discussion topics. We've already established one of them. What is the worst piece of media or art you have made it all the way to the end of? I'll throw out a second one, too. Remember, these are just guiding posts. They are not uh, compulsory. You can talk about anything you want to on this show. But the, the other uh, topic for tonight, at what age were you the worst version of yourself? At what age were you the worst version of yourself? I know that's an intimate question. We'll see if we get any takers. We do have a caller on the line now. Let me just see about bringing them into the fold, see what's going on in their mind and their heart. Your caller, you are on the air with Duff Dixon. This is Play It By Year. Who am I talking to right now? Hello, Duff. Am I am I on? Oh, hi, man. How you doing tonight? Oh, I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, my name's Kellen. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Long time, cool. All, both weeks, master. Both done. weeks. All both right, weeks. man. Hey, Kellen, let me ask you something. Do you, you got anything to add to the topics tonight about the worst piece of media or or the worst version of yourself, or do you got something else you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I think the worst piece of media I ever consumed was probably uh, the Smallville television series. The okay, the, so the Smallville television series. Correct well, me you know, I'm wrong. If I'm being completely honest, no, that's not true. The worst piece of media I ever consumed was probably Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Which very I dour, the very dour film. That it's very dour. It's like it's like meeting somebody who is both dumb and in a bad mood simultaneously. Yeah, it's like that movie is so like. Eeyore, but if he were on Red Bull, and it's not cool. I want to circle back to Smallville, though. Now, we're talking about the, what, a, what late 90s, early 2000s, Superman believe, as a teenager TV well, I series? Believe, I, you could, I'm not completely sure about this, but I believe that it premiered on October 16th, 2001. 2001, so <laughs> right in the wake of the September 11th tragedy, America was ready to find out what Superman was doing when he was in high school on Smallville. Yeah. Now, Just you say, a teenager, you know, it's a small town. Let's further clarify, Kellen, are you telling me that you watch an episode of Smallville and that it was terrible? Yeah, I am telling you that. But I'm also telling you that I watched uh, 217 of them and they were all pretty bad. So that you watched the entire series of Smallville. Did you like it at first? Were you like, this is good? Not really. No, not really. So there wasn't like a maybe it'll get good again no, thing going Frankly, on? I was immediately put off by the acting, the production values, the concept, and the characters. And that's how many seasons is that? That's ten seasons, all the way through. And are these now? Are these uh, 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 network television seasons of twenty-two episodes, or are they like cable seasons of 10, 10 episodes each? It's the it's the network with the twenty-two ones. That's that's how you get two hundred episodes in ten that's seasons. So that's so Do many episodes stuff. of Smallville killing. I'm not gonna lie, that's a lot of episodes of Smallville to sat through. All right, it's okay, a lot, so it's a lot of episodes. One it wasn't more, even really one, one more clarifying question, just to know what we're up against here. I didn't learn anything. I didn't grow as a person. <laughs> did did small, was Smallville a network half hour, a.k.a. 22 minutes, or was it a no, network no, hour? I believe it was a full 42 minutes plus commercials. I didn't watch any commercials, you know. All right, so you're not, minutes, you're not, yeah. at least you're not sitting through like Skechers commercials in between. No, but I, I wish I had because Skechers commercials would have brought some much needed good writing. <laughs> Kellen, I got to ask, was there a moment in those 10 seasons where you thought maybe I will stop. Maybe I will not continue to push forward. 
Yeah, but I ended up doing it anyway. I'm not really sure why. Do you think it? We got to get to the bottom. If not to the well, bottom, we I need to crack. One why. thing I was doing was I was kind of sort of checking out all of the different DC characters that have been put on television over the years, you know. And I was attracted to the length of Smallville for some reason, you know. So I also was checking out like the Batman animated series back from the '90s and. Oh, what else? The Superman animated series. But also, of course, everyone's favorite. People like to think Joaquin Phoenix's entry into the the, dust, the, the DCU here, that's the, the DC Ultimate. No, that's not right. The DC Universe. There you go. The, the DC, DC Cinematic universe. universe. Yeah, the Cinematic Universe, which encompass Does that also encompass the, the good Heath Ledger one, or is it just the Zack Snyder forward ones? It's just, as far as I know, it's just it's everything they've made after Man of Steel but not Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, which is where I want to go first. Because want- a lot of people think Joaquin Phoenix's entry into the DC Universe was in this Joker movie that he won lots of awards for, everybody really loved it, right? So then if the if you found out, Kellen, that there was going to be a 10-season series about that Joaquin Phoenix Joker in high school on the oh, CW, God. are you are you tuning in every week or have you learned your lesson? I'd probably have to. Man, I got I got respect and fear for but whatever's going thing. on in your heart, my friend. Wow. That was not that was not Joaquin Phoenix's first entry into the DC universe because Joaquin Phoenix was on a little TV show back in the 80s called Superboy, and I downloaded and watched that too. <laughs> you are schooling me tonight, man. Listen. And he played Superboy in the Superboy TV show and it was terrible. I I am proud of your commitment to watching things that you don't like in order to be a completionist. I think that that is a that is a worthy cause, and on this show we applaud you. We applaud I don't you. Really know why I did for it? Ten seasons of Smallville. Congratulations. Wow. They hey, thanks make for a, Kellen, award thank, for me. thank you for calling in, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to the music. You also have an open Ooh. invitation to call in any time here on Play It By Year. To school me about what's happening in DC Comics on television, on on film and whatnot. I'll, I'll I'll listen to it all night. I don't care. Hey, how are we doing out there? Are we having a good night? I want to talk to y'all about Krautrock. Now, is it? Am I still allowed? Are we going to phase that name out eventually when we decide that saying Kraut to refer to German culture is is a suboptimal thing to do culturally? I don't know, but I do know that I love Krautrock. If you're not familiar with Krautrock, we're talking about experimental music, progressive music coming out of Germany towards the end of the 60s into the early 70s. This is the music that would go on to influence electronica and EDM. It would move in parallel to the prog rock that was happening in, a, in America, but a little bit less commercial, a little bit more uh, experimental. And, uh, and I'm very excited to touch on, on, a, on a cool and weird and challenging block of music here on 1974 night on Play It By Year with me, Duff Dixon. Oh man, this one's got a long, a long fade up too, I forgot. Well, whatever. I'm an amateur. This is not a professional show.
That was your uh, that was your Kraut Rock sampler here on Play It By Year with me, Duff Dixon. Let's go through it. You just heard Hollywood by Cluster. Before that, you heard uh, uh, Comment and Melody Number Two by Kraftwerk and Jailhouse Frog by I'm On Duel Two. And we started that block off with Watusi by Harmonia. And we're just going to keep trucking right along here. Remember, a reminder, the discussion question tonight, what is the worst piece of media or art you have made it all the way to the end of? And or, at what age were you the worst version of yourself? It's 1974 week, the worst year for popular music. I'm going to try something kind of weird just because I want to see what it's like. I got two callers on the line. I want to hit a couple of strangers together and and just see what that produces hey fellas you're on the air here with duff dixon play it by year who am i speaking with uh hi it's uh bran bran who uh, else do I, who else do i got oh i actually i i called in uh last week this oh, is doctor, I know who. doctor who this is doctor who i I'm yes, I, I originally wow. called in after discovering that uh your meddlings in time were responsible for the destruction of my planet and the genocide of my race. Correct, and I and I've been meaning to hear back from you. I tried to forward you an email of of the information you needed to try to figure out what that was. Did you get that email? The listeners have been hanging on the edge of their seats to find out. I got the email. I swung by Washington to see if I could pick up that itemized list of the changes uh, you made in time. Uh, unfortunately. Well, I did pick up the list, but unfortunately, I also discovered that your American government has been infiltrated by a small group of the Sycorax, uh, which, if you're not familiar with them, they're a skinless humanoid race of aliens that wear mantles of bones. And they had been uh, putting a plot into play to, I don't want to go too into it, but basically control the blood of the human race. Fortunately, I was able to put a stop to them. So, you know, you're welcome. I mean, you know, Sycorax have been, uh, you say infiltrated. The Sycorax have been a presence in the Pentagon since, I think, the Johnson administration. But, hey, if you manage to help out the, the U.S. government, that's good on you. I just hope that all this ends with the, uh, the, the restoration of your loved ones and your family. And, again, I do want to apologize for my part in their uh, extinction. Brand, it's quite a list that I'll have to make my way through, but hopefully I can I can do it. Bran, you're my other caller, correct, Bran? Yeah, 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 that's correct. You got a mellow vibe, Bran. I like it. Uh, Thank you. Let me ask you, Bran, did you call in to talk about anything particular? Did you want to try for one of the discussion topics? We're yeah, talking about actually, um, I wanted to talk about the the second question, that you, the worst year of of or worst version of ourselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it was like my uh, teens, 13 and 14 in middle school. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but I think I wanted so bad to be like popular and stuff. So I would I would do just about anything uh, to to kind of my detriment, you know, uh, to where, you know, it was a bad uh, just a real bad time. So I think that was definitely like the worst version of myself uh, Brand, just because we, I felt when we are little when we are vulnerable, when we are figuring out who we are. There's nothing more terrible than the idea that we might end up. In the out group, in the in the mm-hmm. cultural, the social out group of school of middle school, and p- 
people do some some wild and potentially some you know regrettable things to try to avoid that fate. It's kind of a totem pole mentality or a crab in a bucket mentality. People bully one another to try to say, "Look, see this person. I'm I'm above this person. So do not cast me into this." I completely understand where you're coming from, Brand. I think for me personally, I think when I was 17 years old, my sense of humor was was absolutely atrocious. I think that I. I I started I I crossed a couple of wires in my head and I started thinking that shocking somebody or upsetting somebody you know for the amusement of my my chucklehead friends was was the height of comedy and in service of that I think I probably you know did some very regrettable said some and did some regrettable things but you know when I turned uh, seventeen was also when I was called up to be starting quarterback for. Uh, for the Westbrook Bruins and coach sat me down and he said, Duff, if you're going to be a leader on this team, you got to start living the life of a leader. And that was the moment where I kind of set aside my own fears about, because that's the reason everybody does everything wrong in, in that age is, is the fear of, you know, loneliness of not being accepted, accepted, not being loved. So yeah. I, I do identify completely with that brand. And I love that you were, willing to make yourself vulnerable on the show here with me. Doctor Who, the way that you experienced your lifetime, it's probably hard for you to pinpoint age and, and you know, you're kind of a constant force. Do you really grow or change in a meaningful way? Well, I don't age, I regenerate. So I was hoping I could handle your other discussion question about the worst piece of media that we've consumed all the way through. Yeah, I'd love to hear just about your general media habits. The life you lead, it seems so sort of, it has such a mystique to it. So maybe that would go a long way toward not humanizing you. I don't want to say humanizing you. That'd be quite patronizing. You're not a human being. But, you know, just helping us get to know you in a more intimate way. Well, I do, you know, I'm always on my adventures, but I do like to get my shows and my stories in between them. And I, I got to say, the one show that I regret probably watching all the way through the most would probably be uh, Californication with David Duchovny. Yeah, that it's like a real horny show where he sort of real horny show. And, you know, I, I, I know they're I know that they're, you know, wonderful songwriters, but I don't think that they should have allowed the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, the privilege of writing and directing every episode of that show just because they happen to have an album of the same name. Huh, that's news to me. Did all four of them share director credit on every episode? You, you know, from what I read, it was kind of like Anthony Kiedis, maybe 60%, and the rest of the band was pitching in on that 40, which, you know, maybe was the mistake. He was really the songwriter in the band. I don't know what, uh, how, how like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Flea was able to contribute in a meaningful way, but I don't know about those other guys. Well, I, I think love, John Frusciante was out. only on for... Uh, seasons two and three as well. Sure, in and out. They, I'd love to find out if there were like some Chad Smith episodes. You know, Chad Smith, I got a vision for this Californication show. I know what I want David to be doing here in the in the in the hallows of season three. I got an idea for his arc. I'd love to hear. You know, I'd love to get a, more of a vision of what Chad is as a creative force. But you did watch all of it. You stuck with it, huh? Even that Rocky season that they brought in. Uh, uh, Rick Rubin to to produce after they had so many creative differences. And it just wasn't a fun experience for me. Yeah, uh, you know, to me, the problem with with their output, and tell me if this carries over to that show. It's like the it's like the sunny, beautiful pop music I can get with, but when they start rapping, it's like, 
you know, Anthony Kiedis, or perhaps in this case, David Duchovny, you're not a rapper. You got to you it. Did, cool it did translate pretty well because, you know, it, it, the show had some great cinematography, much like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find in like the way the band portrays California and its music. But the, the dialogue had a lot of the same problems that the lyrics of a Red Hot Chili Pepper song often do. All right, now because I've got this weird configuration where I got a Time Lord and a, and a regular Joe here on my show at the same time, now I'd like you boys to ask each other one question each, and I'll kind of cheer you on and hype man you through that process. Who wants to go first? I, I have a question to ask uh, a, a mortal, if you will, if that's not a, a offensive for me to be referring no, to. No, no, it's fine. That's uh, it, Sure. What's it like knowing that one day you will die? Um, I've actually... Uh, <laughs> I've thought a lot about this, especially in my, my mid twenties. And, mm. uh, I, I gotta say, you know, at this point I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, uh, I've accepted the fact that I will die one day and it kind of makes me not, you know, I don't, I don't worry about it because it, it's going to happen for me eventually. Um, so, you know, I just kind of just take, take it one day at a time, man, and just do my thing. And eventually I will, uh, evaporate uh, from this mortal coil and just, uh, you know. You'll, you'll shake that mortal coil right off. Yeah, if I, if I yeah. can tag up on this one, uh, Doctor Who, some mortals would tell you that it, it is finity itself, the the knowing that there is an end, that adds a sort of, that adds a flavor of meaning to the, the moments of joy and pain and the relationships we have along the way. Knowing that we only get so much can really change the way that we treat one another. Well, that that's just part of the human experience. I can't understand. So I, I kind of I wanted to ask, you know, uh, you you Doctor Who as well as uh, maybe Duff. You can maybe answer this because you have existed for so long. You know, far away. Um, as far as as uh, time goes, you know, there's a lot of like fucked up shit that's happened throughout history, and. You know, I, Brian, I still I feel like to, I hate to be a, a kind, kind of a nun in in this equation, but we do try to have family friendly show. If you can okay, keep the okay. the blue uh, language, I'll keep, to I'll, keep I'll keep the cursing to uh, to uh, I, I won't do it. Um, but hey, if if you decided yeah. you wanted to go punk rock and say I don't care what Duff says, I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm not gonna hang up on you. It's still your time. I cede the show to you. Uh, well, well, I appreciate that. But I mean, so yeah, like there's a lot of bad stuff that's gone on in history, and I feel like. You know, you you both have the power, or at one point have had the power, to kind of kind of right th- these these wrongs, and yet I still feel like, you know, like I understand that like by going back in time, you know, it it will forever change things. But like, if there was ever anything that you guys wanted to change, or like, I mean, but didn't, I guess why, you know, why uh, why didn't you change something that you know that would have overall better the universe well here's here's the thing brandon and this is just my experience all of the things all the bad things that have happened in the world in history are knock-on effects of us going back in time and preventing even worse things from happening so you should feel thankful that all you have to deal with is the stuff going on right now because like i said the stuff that would have happened if we hadn't have done the things that caused the things currently happening to happen would have been way worse. The the events of time, Brandon, are not unlike when you look behind the computer desk at your parents' place. 
and you see those wires just knotted thick like a, like the trunk of an elm and and you say jeez louise do they ever do they ever go back here it's you know it's so complicated it's such a such an incredibly dense organism but i also would add to that for me personally the the uh, i had a boss brandon i had mm-hmm. i had a directive I had rules, do's and don'ts, and to put it simply, anything that I change that that does not Im- immediately impact the events of the cataclysm, which to remind you is the event that ends all life on Earth at the end of 2021, I have to go back and undo it because the CIA does not want you know chaos on their hands. In, as a result of me having, you know, done some tweaking and done some shifting and, and you know, make, make the wrong change. You get that ripple mm-hmm. effect, that, that the, the thing we all fear the most, that you might, you know, whatever. You show up and everybody's speaking Esperanto, although maybe that wouldn't be so bad. Anyway, it wasn't for me to say, Brandon. Uh, sure. You know, I've done many things that I wish I could have just done permanently. You think I haven't killed baby Hitler? I've killed baby Hitler a dozen times, Brandon. I'd love what was your favorite way that you did it? You know, we had one moment where it, I had, I kind of tricked him, like that moment in Goodfellas where they march him in, and he thinks he's going to get made, and then he realizes, oh, dang, they're going to shoot me, and then he shoots him. We had a moment like that where he kind of, we, we walked in, he turned, he saw that, oh, this, this isn't a playroom. We're not going to play with little jacks and, and, and balls and stuffed animals. And then he looked at me, and we shared a moment, a knowing look, like, "Yep, I know what's happening." That's probably you allowed him just just long enough to realize what was going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Brandon, I would have loved to let something like that ride, but it just was not mm-hmm. the directive. I just sure. didn't have that freedom as an operative of space and time. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts and your intimate details. I just love spending time with you, and I love spending time with Ooh. all of you at home here on Play It By Year 1974. Now, I have said from the beginning that 1974 is the worst year in popular music history, and yet I think I've been playing some pretty good jams all night. I mean, you know, that's just my... I'm just saying that for me. I don't know how y'all feel about it. But my hope is in this last block... I will make a case for why 1974 is the worst year in popular music history. Am I back? Am I live? Hello? Check. One, two. I feel like I lost my internet for a second. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Oh, shoot. Hey, looks like we're back. All right, sorry about that, folks. I don't know when the last thing you heard is. I'm just going to back up a little bit. So I believe that I've been saying all night that 1974 is the worst year in popular music history. I would like to now put forward my evidence of that. And... That is what the final block of the night will be. 1974, the schlock block. 
I've said it before, it's not that 1974 did not have good music, it is that the worst music of 1974 is the worst music in history. And that's why the schlock block will be a thing. I'm going to play the music that I think, and here's the thing, this music sounds bad, but it also stands for something bad. It's, it wants to manipulate you. It wants to stir up your emotions, not, because, not for any genuine reason, just for commerce, just to sell records. And so let's start it right now. Just four songs, folks, but I really think I'm going to make my case. 1974, The Schlock Block, Worst Year in Music History, here on Play It By Year 1974 with Duff Dixon. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Together we've climbed hills and trees. Learned of love and ABC. Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die. When all the birds are singing in the sky. Now that the spring is in the air. Pretty girls are everywhere. Think of me and I'll be there. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. But the hills that we climbed were just seasons out of time. Goodbye, Papa, please pray for me. I was a black sheep of the family. Papa, you tried to teach me right from wrong. Too much wine and too much song. Wonder how I got along. Goodbye, Papa. It's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. Now that the spring is in. Children everywhere When you see them I'll be there We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the wine and the song Like the seasons have all gone We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But this the wine the and the song Like the seasons have all gone Michelle, my little one You gave me love and helped me find the sun And every time that I was down You would always come around And get my feet back on the ground Goodbye, Michelle, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Flowers everywhere I wish that we could both be there We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the stars we could reach Were just starfish on the beach We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the stars we could reach Were just starfish on the beach We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun 
changes in a row. Of a summer night in the land of the gutter bill, in the town of Chicago, died. And they talk about it still. When a man named Al Capone tried to make that town his own, and he called his gang to war with the forces of the law, I heard my mom cry. What, what, what are you trying to communicate with? I hurt my palm of pride. Brother, what a you'd be happy really if it was. Brother, what a bite it really was. Glory be. I heard my mom cry. I heard praise the night Chicago die. Brother, what a night the people saw. Brother, what a bite the people saw. Yes, and the sound of the battle rang Through the streets of the old east side Till the last of the hoodlum gang Had surrendered The dreaded hoodlum gang Who was shouting in the street And the sound of running feet And as someone said About a hundred cops are dead I heard my mom cry A hundred cops are dead? This did not happen. Brother, what a night it really was. Brother, what a fight it really was. Glory be. I heard my mama cry. I heard pray the night Chicago died. Brother, what a night the people saw. Brother, what a fight the people saw. Yes, indeed. Then there was no sound at all But the clock upon the wall Then the door burst open wide And my daddy stepped inside And he kissed my mama's face And he brushed her tears away The night Chicago died The night Chicago died The night Chicago died out of nowhere Brother, what a night the people saw What a night it was when a hundred cops died. You know, you know when you start with a marching flute that you're in for some rock and roll music. The marching band came down along Main Street. The soldier blues fell in the 
with this song tonight in your life. in these god dang songs. I can't believe how much depth
inside you I see it showing Oh, the seed inside you, baby Do you feel it growing? Are you happy in knowing That you're having my baby? The seed inside you, can you feel it growing? In what universe is that an acceptable thing to say into a microphone? Didn't have to keep it, wouldn't put you through it. You could have swept it from your life, but you wouldn't. Schlock block. We kicked that off with Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks and uh, then The Night Chicago Died by Paper Lace, Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods, and you just heard the worst piece of media I've ever made it all the way to the end of You're Having My Baby by Paul Anka. The seed inside you, can you feel it growing? What an abysmal idea to have had and then somehow believe was worth sharing with the world. Folks, we're uh, we're coming into the close here. We do have one more break with y'all here. And uh, I do want to take another call. Just a quick reminder, the discussion topics tonight, we've got what is the worst piece of media you've made it to the all, all the way to the end of and at what age were you the worst version of of yourself, reminder, these are not uh, compulsory topics. You can talk about whatever y'all want when you call in to play it by ear, which someone seems like they're doing right about now. Going to throw over to a caller. You're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Uh, you are talking to Richard. Uh, once again, that's, that oh, is in Richard, all caps. Richard, all caps. Richard, all caps. My... All right, let me catch up the yeah. audience. This is a, a nice young gentleman who called in very uh, curious about the event known as the Cataclysm, the event that ends all life on Earth at the end of 2021. And uh, unfortunately, because of the rules of my agency, my former agency, that's the one topic I'm not allowed to speak about uh, candidly. But we kind of figured out a workaround, I believe, Richard, where where you're going to kind of call in and make a guess and, and what have you. Uh, let's, but let's, let's spend a little time together first, Richard. You, uh, you like to ask questions. Let me ask you a question. You seem like a man who's got a lot of, uh, passion and some big ideas and maybe a creative mind. What do you do? Do you, are you a creator? Do you build things with your hands? Do you write things? Uh, what do you do to pass the time creatively? Well, I do maintain a, uh, a small blog that I try to, I try to keep up with uh, getting the truth out there to the general public. 
I shouldn't be um, surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. It seems to be your singular focus. Can you tell us a little bit about that blog? Well, sure. Yeah. Um, it is broadcast entirely uh, on a Deep Onion tour site. It is only accessible every hour on the hour for about 10 minutes. Oh, uh, that's how web. long I can keep my server charged. It is a battery-powered backpack mounted server that i uh i move from place to place so it can never be you know confiscated or shut down 10 minutes every hour on the hour now if i don't if i'm on the page and i got the tab open and i don't hit refresh i'm okay right or am i going to get booted off how does it work uh well i've never asked anybody who's ever i've never talked to anybody in person who has who's actually read anything on my blog oh well so i don't have a lot of people I, listening, I don't know but maybe sure I can, what the uh maybe end I can user send experience would be well that's that's a perfect excuse for me to send a few folks your way how can they what's the address for uh for your for your blog richard oh i am certainly not going to broadcast that over the airwaves that is that is controlled by the the media and the government i i would not trust such a thing i'm sorry Oh, all right. Well, all right. Uh, well, Richard, what's on your mind tonight? You got it. You got anything you want to talk about? Well, um, before I before I make my uh, my guess, I did have one question, uh, somewhat related to the uh, to the gentleman who called in earlier in the program. Um, just to clarify, you you have had contact with multiple species of extraterrestrials, extraterrestrials, yes, and extra dimensionals as well. Perfect. Perhaps, perhaps you can help me with this problem that I've been having. Go ahead, Richard. Well, as part of my blog podcasting, I need to have access to a variety of uh, unsecured Wi-Fi signals, and they only have a 30 to 50 foot radius most of the time, so I need to be close to the source. Now, as a free citizen of the Earth, I do not recognize anyone's so-called property lines or governmental so-called trespassing laws. Sure, uh, sure, Richard. I, that seems consistent with everything I know about you. So I always wear the latest camouflage threaded with RFID blocking macro fibers to block any surveillance signals. Mm -hmm. And uh, between that and my lead face paint, nothing should be able to detect my presence, but the authorities keep coming after me. So my question is twofold. Uh, as no force on this planet could detect where I am, which alien species keeps narking on me? Oh, simple. Asked and answered. Tell Iridians, tell Iridians from the Andromeda uh, galaxy, who they are, oh gosh, is it 23rd dimensional beings? But here's the thing. They have, an, they have omnipotence. They have like a complete understanding of everything that's ever happened at all times. But they're like Boy Scouts. They're always, oh, he did this. I'm telling on you. They're the worst. I hate Telluridians. I'm sure. I'm sure that they're who tracking you, uh, Richard. I bet money uh, on I it. See. Uh, is is there any way I can file a human rights complaint with like a Telluridian governmental authority because they're trampling on my First Amendment rights? No, but if you just occasionally say some things that make you seem like you're a conformist, they might leave you alone. Like if every now and then you're just like, I think cops are pretty cool. Or like, uh, if you're just like, Hey, if you're not following the law, you're a criminal and you deserve to be punished for that. They might just be like, Hey, this guy's not a problem. Let's leave him alone. 
Uh, that that would be anathema to my existence, but I suppose every now and again we do need to take our medicine. So yeah, you give... know, just throw one out there. You know, when you're in the shower or something like that, and uh, and you know, just just get them off your tail. Ideologically speaking, they're not that smart. They're pretty easy to trick. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank All you. All right. Thank so you. so I'm assuming you've got a guess. You'd like to make a guess, and I, remind me of the rules. I I say nothing if you are right. And know if you are wrong about the event that ends the world at the end of 2020, 2021. Sorry, that, that that is that is to my understanding correct. You 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 would be unable to clarify anything or correct me partially. You just mm-hmm. have to say that I'm wrong. Okay, all right. So here's my guess for the week. Do the five G's get us? Uh, by that, I, I refer to gremlins, geodesic bears, Gargamel, Lady Gaga, and grapes. I keep hearing about the five Gs and how they team when they team up, they burn people with microwave lasers. So do they succeed in their mission to rid the world of their arch nemesis, H, starting with humanity? No. Incorrect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Richard. That is not a hit. Okay. Okay. Richard, right, what about the discussion tonight? What's the worst piece of media you've ever made it all the way to the end of? Uh, I have no interest in that. Thank you. He just... Richard just hung up on me. Kind of rude. All right, well, I, listen, I'm just trying to reach out. I'm just trying to connect with y'all. I don't know. Why did I do... Why 1974? Why the worst year in popular music this week? Well, because I had a point that I wanted to make to y'all tonight, which is that 1974 was the worst year in popular music because the worst music of 1974 is the worst music of all time, but 1974 still had classics, and it still had hidden gems and growers and guilty pleasures just as good as any other year and and the what i'm trying the point i'm trying to drive at folks and it's going to sound crazy coming out of my mouth if you look outside your window at the world as it is right now my point is that there is no such thing as a bad year folks i mean 2020 is is a nightmare year 2020 is a bad year you know what that is when you hear that that's an idea that's a that's a meme that is designed to get us all on the side of misery and and to because I you know I say this often I've said it before on this show I know people follow patterns but it's more than that people the human mind is a is a an exquisite pattern detection computer we look for patterns and see patterns everywhere it's it's a survival mechanism it's how we know which berries are are good to eat and which ones are poison. But the downside is, is it's that we we keep track of, of our hardships and our disappointments. And I know there have been a lot of disappointments this year. I know this has been, it feels like one after the next. It feels like, you know, Kobe, we had Kobe, we had coronavirus, George Floyd. The election year is its own situation we just like chat chadwick bozeman i know i'm a human being like you i know we stack those things together we keep a ledger of our disappointments we let the pain accrue we let it snowball i'm not here's what i'm not advocating y'all i'm not saying 
I'm not asking you to ignore what is wrong with this world. And I am not asking you not to fight what is wrong in your community. But don't keep a ledger. Don't stack your disappointments one on top of another like a tower of Jenga blocks that you're just waiting to topple onto you and, and drag you down. Let the Because I bet you, 2020, I bet you there's people who have fallen in love this year who said that they, they were never going to fall in love again. I, I bet you that there are people who have found their voice and have spoken up for themselves who have been meek and who have, who have been treaded on. And I bet if you, if you think back to this year, I bet there have been times when you laughed harder and, and deeper than you've laughed in a long time. Because joy is it's brighter in the contrast of pain. And I'm just saying, if you're going to keep a ledger of disappointment, then at least allow the joy in your life to accrue its own equity. Stack the good things up. Stack the good things up. What have you done this year? Something you're proud of? What are you going to do? 1974, it's the worst year of music, but it's not a bad year. And 2020, maybe we can learn something from that, huh? Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. <sighs> Feel a little emotional tonight, but I, I'm excited. I'm so happy that you hung out with me here tonight. I'm so happy that you spent this time with me. I can't tell you how much it means to me to spend time with y'all. And I hope that you'll come back next week. I I heard a theory once. I can't remember who told me this. Dang. I heard a theory once that the music that was in your environment when you were 18 years old uh, is the music that can that can stir up the most immediate emotions and can transport you to a period in time like the most intensely. And I want to try that. I was born in 1987, so I was 18 in the year 2005. Uh, 2005 is going to be our, our show next week. I haven't been 18 for 10 billion and 14 years. Is that right? That seems right. 10 billion and 14 years. It's a little hazy for me. But we're going to play some tunes from 2005 next year. We're going to, you know, celebrate that period of time here on, on Play It By Ear. Uh, I do want to leave y'all with one last uh, little musical moment. Last year we talked about the big five, the five most indelible, most important gods of popular music. Uh, to remind you, that is Miles Davis, David Bowie, Prince, Madonna, and Kanye West. Well, when I can, I like to include a little bit of the Big Five on this show. And I thought, hey, 1974 had a pretty dang good David Bowie album called Diamond Dogs. And uh, I think that record ends in a really powerful way. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it to end this show. Thank you for hanging out with me, Duff Dixon. I love y'all. This, uh, this is David Bowie with Big Brother on Play It By Year, 1974. The worst year for music, but not a bad year. Remember that. Remember that, folks. Don't live for last year's capers. 
Give me steel, give me steel Give me pulses unreal He'll build a glass asylum With just a hint of mayhem He'll build a better world He'll build a living from sin And we can really begin He's Savior, Savior
Thank <laughs> you.